One of the things I love about sales is the fact that you can very quickly change your world with sales. And I first noticed this when I was bartending uh, in between minor league baseball seasons. I got a job as a, a server and then quickly moved to bartender. And I noticed how quickly I could change my night through selling more alcohol, specifically alcohol. People came to a bar. They wanted to have a good time. And what I noticed is obviously the higher the bill, people tip on the, on the amount. And sometimes they tip on the service, but they tip on the amount. You know, so if there's $25, $30, you know, it'd be five or $6 tip. So once I learned that the way to make more money for myself was to show people a good time, get them to stay longer. I wanted their butts in those seats as long as possible, having a good time, interacting with other people. Once I realized that it was a game, my entire world changed. All the other bartenders were complaining, oh, I only made $75 tonight. Mike, how much did you make? And I'm like, I made a, I made $200. And they're like, what? You made $200? And I was like, yeah, I made $200. Well, 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 well what, were, who, what were your sales? 900 You made almost 20, you made more than 25%? Yeah. What were you doing? Showing people a good time. Simple as that. I wasn't just taking orders. I wasn't sitting behind the bar and just letting people order. I was taking control of the night. And very early, I mean, my early 20s, I started noticing something, okay? If somebody comes up to a bar when there is a table available, what they're basically doing is they're wanting to appear as if they are interacting with other human beings, but they're not. Very few times would somebody go to a table because then the entire establishment would look around and be like, oh, that person's sitting by themselves. How sad. But yet you walk up to a bar and you sit by yourself and nobody blinks an eye. Nobody says a word. It's socially acceptable to go to a bar and be by yourself. It's not socially acceptable. People will notice if you go to a table and you sit by yourself. Try it. Next time you go out to a bar or a restaurant and you're going to grab a drink or maybe you're going to grab dinner, you're by yourself. You're, maybe you're going to be on the road tonight in a hotel and go to a table and sit there, especially if it's packed. Ask if you can get a table. And also see if the staff there is going to ask you to move to the bar. Well, we've got seats at the bar. It's amazing the pigeonholing that that a, that a single uh, consumer, a single customer in a bar or restaurant, where they try to put you. Point being, I noticed that they're by themselves. Okay. So that's a piece of information. All right. So being great at sales is about being a detective and a data collector. You want to collect as much data on somebody as possible. Okay. So they came in by themselves. Okay. Now, not always. I mean, sometimes two people would sit at the bar, but if that's the case, again, what does that give you? It gives you more information. Two guys pull up to the bar, two girls pull up to the bar, guy and a girl pull up to a bar. 
depending on their age, it gives you information. For instance, if I guess that somebody is over the age of 55 or 60, they're probably not going to want to know about the shot of the day. Yes, I know. I'm I'm an ageist. But in my experience, not a lot of old people are doing shots unless they're celebrating something. The gentleman probably wants a beer, probably wants a scotch or an Irish whiskey or a bourbon on the rocks. And the, let's say that's an older couple. The woman probably wants a, you know, white Zinfandale, a Merlot, um, Cabernet or a Chardonnay. Yes, I know being very sexist. I'm being very ageist with what I'm saying, but you have to do that. You have to understand, you know, I'm not going to go up there and say, Hey, how are you doing buckets? You know, if imagine this, if I walked up to a couple in their sixties and I said, welcome to the place that I used to was called the graduate. And so I said, Hey, welcome to the graduate. My name's Mike. Tonight, our specials are uh, $10 buckets of beers. What kind of impression do you think that would, what kind of impression do you think that they would have? They'd kind of look at me like they may, they might chuckle, they might laugh. And I always found that getting people to laugh immediately before they get settled is not the best remedy. It, it's just, it's a sign of awkwardness, not endearment. And so I would, again, ask questions. Good evening. My name's Mike. Before we get started, what brought you in tonight? Oh, we're just having a little dinner. Okay. Anything uh, celebratory that I should be aware of? Well, our grandson, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that is amazing. You know, again, I'm collecting information. I'm now drawing somebody into my world. All of a sudden now it's Mike. I'm just having a conversation with somebody that walked into the bar, walked into my life, but I try to treat them and I want them to see me as somebody that they've known their entire life. That is how you connect with people. How many times have you been to a bar? In fact, if you go there tonight or if you go there over the weekend, the first thing that they'll do is they'll come up and start rattling off the specials. And they won't ask you any questions. They've just been told when you sit down, hi, welcome to, uh, for instance, you know, I went out with some friends uh, to watch uh, some basketball last Friday and went to this place. I really liked the place at the beginning, but the service really sucked. Um, so we walked up in the server. I can't remember her name. That's how unmemorable she was. I can't even remember her name, but let's, let's call her um, Mary. Hi, I'm Mary. Our specials today are, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't even know why we're here. You don't know how long we're going to be here. You don't know if we've been here before. Save your breath. She spent 25 seconds rattling off their specials. You know, we all, we already knew what we wanted to drink. 
It was also St. Patrick's Day. We knew what we wanted to drink. She could have just said, hey, what brought you in today? How you guys, have you been here before? Are you familiar with, with what we do here? Yep, we've been here a bunch. Great. She just saved 15 seconds. By not regurgitating the talking point, she saved 15 seconds. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. But that 15 seconds, it speeds up every transaction in a restaurant environment. You start stacking that extra 15 seconds saved. What does that do? You get to touch more tables and you get to make more money. So early on, I know I started going off on tangents, but I'm pulling back to why I love sales and why I made way more money than any other bartenders. I understood it was a game. And I understood that each person that came in, their motivation was different. It's the exact same with the buyers that you're talking to, the prospects you're talking to, the clients you're talking to. Their motivations are completely different from the next person. So why, why, why are we taught in sales to do the same shit every time? Why? The answer is, I don't know. I don't know why. It's the, literally when I talk to companies and I start going the, through the business review, I'm going through this right now with a restaurant group here in Charlotte. And I start asking them their process. And my God, they make the Cheesecake Factory look simple as far as their process and their menu. It is so convoluted. And by the time they get through their little spiel of all the specials and all of everything that's going on, the person the person on, that sits down is worn out. They give up. You know, it's like it's it's like walking into imagine walking into a store. OK. Hey, can I help you with anything? No, I'm just looking around. Oh, fantastic. Well, just to let you know, we've got these on sale. We've got these on sale. We've got these on sale. And if you ever thought about this, this is on sale. And we're running a two for special. If you buy one, get one free. Like, what? You'd immediately walk out of the store. And yet that happens. And we've allowed that to happen in the restaurant industry. But it doesn't just happen in the restaurant industry. It happens everywhere else. And I've given you example after example over the 225 episodes that have aired on this podcast. I've given example after example after example of times that I've been pitched and they just go straight into the pitch. First of all, let's stop using the word pitch, okay? Just have a conversation with me, all right? You can have a meeting, but let's just have a conversation, okay? Apologies, I'll go back to the reason why I'm talking about this, is that what I noticed was a couple of things. When people came up to the bar, everybody was different. Their motivations were different. So I was going through a ton of customer journeys, customer arcs every night. I was going through dozens, if not hundreds, depending upon the night. And we had a lot of regulars. But I, there was a lot of people that would come in and I wanted to know before anything started, had they been there before? Why were they in? What type of night were they trying to have? 
And how could I be the best service possible? How could I get them to their goal of celebrating, mourning, unwinding, relaxing, or connecting with other humans? How could I get them to their goal as fast as possible? It doesn't mean get them drunk as possible, but how could I get them there as fast as possible and leave them completely satisfied with the entire experience? Because that is what selling is. You are selling an experience. It's either in the moment with whatever product or service you have, or it is the feeling afterwards after they have used the, your product or service, and it's the benefits that they have received. It's as simple as that. So what I loved about what I love about sales is the ability to a sales really is uncapped potential. And I know you're sitting there saying to yourself, well, I've got a base salary and I've got cap commission. Okay. Well, there's not every sales position is like that. Go find an uncapped sales position. Go find a commission only position. Go find something, some position that's going to give you the type of money that you want. And I'll tell you right now, I've met a lot of people. I've been consulting for a couple of years now. I've met a lot of companies and I've met a lot of people who don't have master's degrees. I've met a lot of people who don't have business degrees. I've met a lot of people who don't have college degrees and they're making close to a half a million dollars a year in sales. They're just selling things that some people think are beneath them. And yeah, I'm kind of calling out the life science industry. I was in there for a while and I thought because I wore a suit and I was talking to doctors that I was living high on the hog. And then I found out that guys that were getting up on roofs were making half a million dollars a year. And guys who were selling solar panels were making $400,000 a year. Now, look, if you're in the life science industry and you're selling devices, that's great. And I think everybody should do what they want and they're passionate about. However, if you think just because you're making $150, you are making $200, that you're living high on the hog, I tell you, there's a big world of sales out there where that's, that's a small number. And that's somebody's month. It's not their year. And that's something that I look at and I was like, wow, how can I tap in to those type of markets? Because my wife is in the finance world. She works for Wells Fargo. She's in, I don't know what she's in, corporate governance or something like that. She's a very important job. I ask her what she does and she basically tells me she's got spreadsheets and PowerPoints. And I, I joke, I know her job is much more difficult than that, but she's very good at what she does. Uh, she recently just got promoted for a second time in the last year. And she is very good at what she does. I have no idea what it is, but she pretty much knows every year she's going to make basically the same amount. My wife's not going to come home one day and say, hey, guess what? I just made a million dollars, but I can. Somebody could listen to this podcast right now and say, you know what, Mike? I want to hire you and we want to pay you you know, $200,000 a year to come uh, consult, for, consult for us. Is that going to happen? Probably. In the future, is it going to happen now? Maybe not. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there in the universe. Point being, sales 
is amazing. And yes, I do believe we have some cancers in the sales world. And one of the cancers is kind of the attitude. Um, I was actually talking with my buddy last night about the difference between marketing and sales. Marketing is very collaborative. When I was at the social media marketing world conference last week, everybody was so nice. Nobody was peacocking. There was no out people trying to out alpha everybody, show people up. There was nobody walking around like their shit didn't stink. Everybody was just super nice, collaborative. You know, I was wearing surviving outside sales, embroidered stuff. Everybody was asking me, what does SOS mean? Oh, you're in sales? Wow, we don't see a lot of salespeople at this conference. That's interesting. Meanwhile, I go to sales conferences and everybody in the room is an expert. Everybody in the room is a skeptic. That's not going to work for me. I don't know what happened to the sales world. People are people are jaded. People don't trust each other. They're not as collaborative. I'm like, come on, people. We got to be better than this. We didn't get to where we were in sales or where we are in sales by figuring all this on our own. We didn't. So why are we not taking more information in and why are we not trying to help other people? That's the question I have. But I do love sales and I do think sales has provided me with great opportunities in my life, it's provided for my family. And I want that for everyone, especially if you're still listening to this podcast right now. You've listened to me ramble for, I don't know, 20 minutes. I want everyone to have the same type of life. And sales is the way to get there. You can build a great life through sales. And that's why until there is no more breath in my lungs, I will keep trying to talk and keep trying to get people inspired to stay in sales, find a better way in sales, and to earn as much as they can in sales. I want people to survive outside sales, but I want them to thrive as well. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Website's going live today or tomorrow. There's a little issue with uh, with the Google domain, so it's going to take a little bit more time. I guess there was a, a glitch, and you know, it's things technical. But I think tomorrow website's going to be live no matter what. I know it's a little later than I originally said, but unforeseen things, no big deal. Um, website michaelkelly.com either going to be live today or tomorrow, based on when you're listening to this. So. Really do appreciate everybody who's been listening. Download numbers are still great, even though I haven't brought on a featured guest. I just needed a break from all the scheduling and the editing and all of that. I just needed a break from that. So I've just basically been doing solo episodes the last three to four weeks, and I'm going to continue for a while. I'll probably bring back some guests in May, or I'll air some episodes in May. I do have some interviews set up in April. So um, I really do appreciate uh, everybody who has been listening. Hope everybody has a fantastic day. We'll see you tomorrow. Surviving Outside Sales. Bye-bye.